SBS Radio. In this bulletin, the Aboriginal flag to fly on all inner West Council buildings in Sydney. Anthony Albanese accuses the federal government of neglecting and mismanaging the aged care sector. And Victoria and New South Wales further ease COVID-19 restrictions. Sydney's Inner West councillors unanimously voted to change flag protocols and permanently install the Aboriginal flag alongside the national flag on all buildings alongside the national flag. The move labelled progressive will see the Aboriginal flag fly on all council buildings in Sydney's Inner West. The decision was influenced by Camilla Roy woman Cherry Toker, who has advocated for five years for the Aboriginal flag to fly permanently on Sydney Harbour Bridge. In February, Ms. Toker saw her dream become a reality with the New South Wales government committing to installing a flagpole for the flag to fly all year round. Northern Territory Country Liberal Party Senate candidate Jacinta Price is offering her support to Catherine Davis, saying she is being silenced in the name of wokeness. Ms. Davis is running in the New South Wales seat of Warringah and is facing pressure after making a series of social media posts about transgender people. While she's apologized repeatedly, there are calls from within the Liberal Party for her to be disendorsed. In a Facebook post, Jacinta Price wrote, If Davis can be silenced, then imagine the plight of marginalized women in our nation. They too will be silenced in the name of wokeness, and I for one will not stand for this. Ms. Price has previously suggested keeping transgender athletes out of women's sports. The federal opposition has launched a blistering attack on the Morrison government for ignoring recommendations set forth by the Royal Commission into Aged Care. Thousands of aged care staff in Queensland, Western Australia and South Australia have voted in favour of strike action and Labour has backed workers across the nation planning to walk off the job over low pay and understaffing. Opposition leader Anthony Albanese outlined Labour's five-point plan to overhaul the system, saying that Australia's aged care sector is in crisis. Aged care workers are despairing. This is tough work. It's physically demanding. They have faced with circumstances whereby they're in an aged care home and they have three buzzers going at once. Which person do they go and lift up? They have people who are living in their own soil unable to be changed for days. There is a crisis in this country and that's what this election is about. Scott Morrison has hit back at criticism from the opposition that his government has bungled foreign relations in the Pacific after the Solomon Islands signed a security agreement with China. Labour has described the Sino-Solomon Pact as the worst Australian foreign policy failure in the Pacific since World War II. But the Prime Minister says the agreement shows the Pacific is under incredible pressure from China. The risk of China seeking to interfere within our region I have known about and have been taking strong action about. I mean, I was the one who stood up and called out China on the pandemic. I was the one who called out their interference. I was the one who did all of this and, and I was the one criticised for it, including by the Labor Party. So I'm, I'm pleased the Labor Party are catching up on this issue. 
Victoria will relax quarantine rules for close contacts of COVID-19 as the state announces an easing on a raft of restrictions. From 11.59pm this coming Friday, close contacts will not have to spend seven days in isolation but must take five rapid antigen tests over that period and wear masks indoors. It comes as vaccinated international travellers no longer need to test on arrival and mask requirements are eased for primary schools and early learning centres. Check-in requirements and proof of vaccination in venues will also be scrapped. Health Minister Martin Foley reminds Victorians to remain vigilant. We know uh, that there will be a long plateauing and tail to this BA2 Omicron subvariant um, wave, but what we know is that we've, sub, uh, we've passed the peak and that we are able to look to this group of sensible measures being able to take us into a still challenging winter. Meanwhile, New South Wales has introduced a similar easing of restrictions, including the removal of isolation for close contacts and the ending of hotel quarantine. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet has denied he is the source of a leaked text message that was exchanged between himself and Scott Morrison. The exchange between the Prime Minister and Mr Perrottet reveals that the Premier has backed Mr Morrison's position on transgender participation in sport and his refusal to disendorse the Liberal candidate for Warringah, Catherine Davis, over her controversial remarks about the issue. The position puts Mr Perrottet at odds with his treasurer, Matt Keane, who has called for Ms Davis to be disendorsed. Federal opposition leader Anthony Albanese has refused to be drawn on, on, on his own views on trans women in sport, instead launching an attack on the internal disagreements taking place within the Liberal Party. This is an issue about the chaos within the New South Wales branch of the Liberal Party. And I note, I note that uh, once again we see a leaked text message that's supposed to be a private text message from the New South Wales Premier to the Prime Minister. Uh, once again, uh, this Prime Minister, uh, the Premier says uh, that he didn't leak the text message. Uh, I don't know uh, the source of that, but this is covered already by the Sex Discrimination Act. The CEO of Guide Dogs Victoria has publicly endorsed Federal Treasurer Josh Frydenberg in campaign flyers posted around the Kuyong electorate. Local residents have expressed their concern that Karen Hayes has shown political bias despite the charity claiming to be an apolitical organization that does not support any political party or individual candidate. Mr. Frydenberg currently holds the Victorian seat of Kuyong, but a new poll shows he may fall to an he may fall to an independent, actually. The U Commons poll of 847 residents conducted on April 12th found independent candidate Monique Ryan held a 59 to 41% to party preferred lead over Mr. Frydenberg. The poll also showed a 44% disapproval rating for Mr. Frydenberg's record as local MP. The deputy mayor of Mariupol has voiced his distrust for Russia when it comes to providing humanitarian corridors in the besieged city. Ukrainian troops have defended the strategic port on the Sea of Azov for seven weeks despite relentless attacks from Russian troops that have destroyed most of the city.
The giant Azovstal steel mill, which covers about 11 square kilometers, is the last Ukrainian stronghold in the city, offering Ukrainian defenders a strong fighting position due to its network of underground tunnels and depots. Deputy Mayor Sergei Orlov says the current situation demands more military aid to fight off Russian troops. Me personally do not believe in any trust or any words from Russia and I'm absolutely sure they are not going to take their word. Uh, so um, it would be good if they would allow um, civil citizens to leave Azovstal territory or to leave the city, but they didn't allow this for 50 days. Why should they allow this now? In response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the resulting supply chain disruptions and spike in inflation, the International Monetary Fund has slashed its global economic growth forecast for this year and next. IMF chief economist Pierre-Olivier Gorincha says that the war in Ukraine has disrupted global commerce, pushed up oil prices, threatened food supplies and increasing uncertainty already heightened by the coronavirus and its variants. Global economic prospects have been severely set back, largely because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This crisis unfolds as the global economy has not yet fully recovered from the pandemic. Even before the war, inflation in many countries had been rising due to supply-demand imbalances and policy support during the pandemic, prompting a tightening of monetary policy. Beyond its immediate and tragic humanitarian impact, the war will slow economic growth and increase inflation. However, disruptions to Russian and Ukraine exports may be windfall, windfalls for other commodity exporters like Australia. And now to sport, former tennis world number one Ashbati has signed up to take part in a golfing event in the United States later this year. The 25-year-old last month announced her retirement from professional tennis and will now headline the Icons series in New Jersey in June. The tournament is a nine-hole team match play format and she is hoping to bring the event to Australia next year. Australian professional golfer Carrie Webb says Buddy has the talent to potentially make it on the LPGA Tour. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, a sunny day on the top of 32, Perth, a mostly sunny day, 29, Adelaide, partly cloudy, 20, Melbourne, mostly cloudy, 17, Hobart, Shower 2, 14, Albury Wodonga, a mostly sunny day, 17, Canberra, partly cloudy, 19, Wollongong, a shower 220, Sydney, showers 22, Newcastle, a shower 224, Brisbane, partly cloudy, 28, Townsville, mostly cloudy, 31, Keynes, rain at times, top of 29, Alice Springs, a sunny day ahead and top of 24, Darwin, partly cloudy, 36, and the Torres Strait Islands, a mostly cloudy day and a top of 30. And that is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.